Curry came to Liberty? Yeah, <laughs> he sure did. Um, uh, it was maybe about a year, a year ago. Um, you know, sometime within like the past academic year. But yeah, he came and our um, the our university president actually had like a like a shoot off with him. And <laughs> believe it or not, um, you know, our president actually made the made the shot, um, and Steph didn't. And the next, I mean, it's a big thing. You can see it online. Like, it's, it's, that's there, hilarious. But, but yeah, yeah, he did that. And, were, but, were they playing knockout or, or was it just a shoot off? It was literally just a shoot off okay. for some money. Um, if I remember correctly, I saw it on TV, I was working, but, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, he was there. And, was, was he there for convocation or for just visiting campus or for what, what for? Yeah, he was there, uh, just to, oh, maybe just talk to students there for convocation. Um, a fun convocation that, that, that we had and there was also a non-profit um, that was connected with it and um, so it was kind of like a, like a team up you know type of opportunity where um, also students were able to bring in shoes and um, to give um, to people overseas and not only was that very successful but then also we just had some little fun banter and some shooting and I mean it was uh, sometimes that's, that's, that's casual so it was that's fun. fantastic I, I had no idea how big a deal shoes were until I started working with high school students and <laughs> at least over the last couple years maybe this goes back a long time but shoes are so such a big thing for my high school students they are they are and I mean I'm not necessarily like a hundred percent into shoes well maybe in the past year or so uh because of the office I work in but uh, but I mean, for kids and for students, like you know, they will invest some major money. Have you heard of these things called Yeezys? I have. Mm -hmm. do, do you own a pair of Yeezys? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, I'm so glad you don't own a pair of Yeezys. I, I would have made so much fun of you if you owned Yeezys. I mean, <laughs> I, I just I just have other financial obligations I need to focus on first if I look into. Well, don't other we all? Like I mean, that. shouldn't shouldn't we all have things that we would rather sink twelve hundred dollars into rather than <laughs> a pair of shoes? I mean, listen, if I had twelve hundred dollars, let me tell you, it would we would go right to debt. But. Uh, <laughs> but again, there's other things, you know, like, you know, when you're 30, 31 and, and you're trying to still low key, try to figure out life, uh, there's, there's, there's other things, there's, there's other things that do take priority for sure. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to another episode of what's the res an ongoing conversation about the current resolutions in the world of high school debate. My name is Josh Herring. I'm a humanities instructor and debate coach at Thales Academy in Rollsville, North Carolina. My guest this episode is Thomas Starchia. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thomas, It's uh, it's been a few years since our paths have crossed for a good conversation. It sure has. It sure has. It's, you know, we grew up together and then, you know, going to college, you know, paths diverge, mm -hmm. but then, you know, from time to time, you oh. know, we can get back together and catch up where we left off. That's right. And uh, at least in uh, this weekend's conversation, I... Uh, discovered that uh, over the years Thomas has become a uh, he's become a college professional uh, in the sense that uh, <laughs> we'll call it that <laughs> there we go uh, went, went to Liberty University yes. mm -hmm. and uh, then uh, have had you've had a variety of roles there in, including an admissions counselor is that yes. right mm -hmm. so I graduated uh, back in 2010 um, and then took a couple years and then I started working full-time for the university and I started in the admissions office and then worked my way through recruitment 
Um, and then most recently in the past two, two and a half years, I trans- transitioned over to the Office of Spiritual Development, uh, where I actually help and assist with the management of the executive guest house. But but most of my, uh, a lot of my experience, you know, working professionally has been the world of admissions, recruitment, enrollment, uh, particularly on the residential side, and um, and that was for, oh gosh, five, almost five and a half years. Oh, uh, that, that's really helpful, uh, in part because we're getting ready for the uh, September-October Lincoln-Douglas resolution that reads, in the United States, colleges and universities ought not use standardized tests for admissions decisions. Mm-hmm. So, Thomas, as a uh, former admissions counselor, and, and certainly knowing that's not your role anymore, and <laughs> uh, you are in no way speaking on behalf of Liberty University or anything like that, mm-hmm. but just from your background and working in admissions, help us think through the role of where, what, what do SAT or ACT scores play when a college admissions professional gets that application? What, what, mm-hmm. what impact do the scores have on the admissions professional? Um, well, I will first say that it really does depend upon like the institution you know that you're looking to apply to. Different schools have uh, different um, standards for admission, and even though you might hear like, "Hey, these are the minimum requirements." Yeah, they're they're exactly as that as they say they are the minimum requirements. It doesn't necessarily require or doesn't necessarily um, guarantee admission, you know, to that school. So, uh, obviously, you know, the higher GPA, the higher the test scores, you know, um, you know, the the better the chances. So I will say that, but uh, it does depend upon what school you do attend and you know what those policies are. Um, and at least like in, in my experience, you know, it, it can play a bit of a role, but it doesn't, but in some cases it doesn't necessarily, um, mean that, oh, this is like the only way, you know, that you you can get into schools. I mean, there, and I've heard a little bit about this in my time, you know, why do they, why do different schools require, you know, certain standard, you know, uh, certain standard score or whatever the case is, um, yeah, so, so I mean, it, it can kind of vary. It, I, I'll say this. It does vary. Um, depends upon, um, you know, the, the school, the institution. Uh, but I always try to encourage people, you know, do research. You know, do the research like that's all like the behind the scenes kind of stuff. That way you know, hey, okay, well, here's what this school requires. And that's how it's different from this school. And, okay, so here's how I can approach, you know, this school when applying for okay. college. Well, that makes sense. I mean, are there are well, really? It, do you think it would make a difference? I mean, if if a school, an imaginary university, just suddenly got rid of the SAT or ACT and said we don't care about those, would that make a difference to the rest of the students' application? Um, I think I think it can, um, because more likely what that institution can do is take a look at other factors uh, to see if that student can be successful. At that institution, so other factors well, might include you know your transcripts, whether it be from high school or from college or both. Um, you know they can take a look at like a like an essay prompt. So I know there are a lot of schools that have like a prompt that they want you to write on, and so not only do they look at the grammar, not only do they look at the syntax, and uh, but you know they also want to know you know, what do they really think about this prompt and, you know, how they answer that particular prompt and how eloquent of a writer um, you can be. Um, so, so there might be other factors, but, you know, in some schools, 
um, may not necessarily require a test score. In some cases, you know, in my like in my line of work that I did, um, there were some circumstances where the score wasn't necessarily a requirement, um, but it could have been a supplement to, um, to you know, to their application or for the application for enrollment. Okay. Now, without getting into any liberty-specific policies, what kind of scenarios could you uh, envision where the SAT or ACT score might not be necessary for an admissions decision? All right. So, like, um, uh, let's say, like, if there was someone who didn't necessarily go to college or after high school, you know, let's say that they decided just to go and work for a period of time and, you know, at a grocery store or at their family's family-owned business or something like that. Sure. Um, very well what they could do is, um, let's say let's say they might be like 24, 25, and they decide, you know what, I actually want looking to go into college now. And so, um, you know, and they go to like a community college for two years um, and they receive an associate's degree. Well, because they have an associate's degree, you know, they weren't necessarily required to submit, you know, scores of an SAT or ACT. Um, there's been other scenarios, like if they were to have, um, um, you know, there might be like an age limit, or, or not necessarily a limit, but there might be a certain age. If they so reach someone's a 21 age, or 25. 21, or... 22, 20, depends upon what school. Okay. Um, they might not necessarily be required to submit test scores. Um, so I mean, so there's all sorts of different kinds of scenarios, you know, based upon what your experience is. If you did dual enrollment in in high school, um, how many credits did you receive from that? Um, so there, I mean, there's all sorts of different scenarios. I think you were describing uh, something earlier where, by if students achieved a certain number of college credits mm-hmm. in transfer then suddenly the, the no one cares about their test scores anymore because they look at those those college credits really as demonstrating proficiency at being in college. Yeah, so like they would take a look at like the GPA from your college. Um, and so like 60 credit hours uh, was, you know, that benchmark and or an associate's degree, you know, oh, was I see. that benchmark. Okay. Um, and, you know, you know, some associate's degrees, you know, have more than 60 credit hours, you know, whatever, whatever the scenario is. Uh, they didn't have to submit the test scores for that. But what they could do is they can submit the test scores if they did take it in high school. And that could actually help them as far as other academic scholarships. Um, so, and they would do like best case scenario. So if it worked out in their favor that your high school GPA and your test score would help with an academic scholarship of like $5,000 or something like that per year versus your college credits and let's say that you know let's say you, you you did better let's say you did better in high school with your gpa and college test scores versus your college sure. then, then they would take the best case scenario with the test scores as well as with the gpa and use that for your academic scholarship versus the other thing so if i'm understanding this correctly then what it sounds like a so if I'm a student applying and you receive my application mm-hmm. and if I'm in a slightly unique scenario where I've done some dual enrollment and I also took the ACT as my admissions counselor, you could kind of take my application and basically assemble whichever version was the best case, best version of mine. And if that did not include the, the test scores, then you would leave those out. And you, you'd be looking to kind of figure out what's the best way I can construct this student's application to show that he fits these criteria the university is looking for. Right. Um, yeah, we'll do it like, I mean, we've done it like that. And then I've seen it where, um, 
where we also want to find out, okay, what would be the best case scenario when it comes to scholarships as well? Hmm. And so if we were, if we saw, based upon your entire admissions application, that includes like the paper application in of itself, the test scores, your high school GPA, your college GPA, like if you, if you had like all these different factors, what we would do is try to figure out, okay, what would be the best case scenario for that student for scholarships that we can give them the most for what they have done. But then also, you know, we also want to find out based upon the information that we do have, will the student be able to accomplish the level of work at this institution for based upon all this information that we have on them. Okay. In which, you know, in some cases, like if we have college credits, you know, we're able to see, you know what, you know, they have some college behind them already. Okay, let's take a look at this and see how, um, if they can get, you know, admitted. I guess I have two follow-up questions from that. First, are there are there many scholarships that then have certain levels of proficiency on a standardized test as part of their requirements for students receiving that scholarship? Yeah. So, so again, it depends upon the institution. Sure. So I want to continue to re- reiterate that, like, do your research. You know, look at the academic catalogs where they have the policies and everything everything lined up from year after year after year after year. Talk with the admissions counselors. Talk, like... The more you talk with the people and the earlier you do it, the better the opportunities you will have later on down the road. So always fight ahead. Um, but yeah, so but there are some scenarios where, you know, they can take a look at your high school GPA um, and your test scores and see, okay, how or how much fi- uh, academic scholarship can we provide to the student based upon that information. There also have been some instances, like say for instance, let's say if they do have, um, let's say they are transferring some credits in, you know, and um, and based upon the GPA and number of credits they're transferring in, we'll, like we've, we've used that GPA over the high school GPA. And so if it's a higher GPA, then they have more opportunity for a higher scholarship. Um, in some other cases, you know, based upon um, what they have done in college, let's say that we don't require the test scores, you know, so then all we would use is just the, the GPA from the college, from the credits they're transferring in, then we'll just use that, and then if that's the best case scenario, then we'll just use that. So it seems like there is a lot of discretion between the admissions count and the admissions counselor's role. I mean, that there's that the admissions counselor really has a lot has, has a goal under hope, presumably seems to understand kind of what the university has tasked him with doing of finding students who can meet these particular criteria, mm-hmm. and then you're assembling the evidence that's presented to see if this student fits that model or not. Yeah, and in different institutions have their admissions processes set up differently, um, but you know as an admissions counselor. What I always try to do is try to think about, okay, how, based upon the information that I know about this particular student, how can, what can I advise them on so that they can maximize on the financial aid they're able to receive um, if they uh, want to continue through the process and then come to the school? Like, how can I advise them on what they can do? So, like, there are times, like, when I would, when I would talk with students and be like, you know, I, I would find out that, you know, that, let's say they're a homeschool student um, and, you know, and they've already taken some college level classes 
starting from like freshman year sometimes okay, in high sure, school sometimes sure. in sophomore year in high school um, I would find out that information and then I would advise them okay well here's what you want to try and aim for if you want to maximize on the amount of scholarships you're able to receive you know continue to take these college level courses along with your high school courses and do the very best you can the higher the GPA the better and then by the time you graduate and I would try to help them kind of see it try to frame it um, that way, by the time you graduate, you have these many credits, and then then we'll take a look at this GPA, and then um, and then we won't require the test scores because you have these many credits, and then we'll take a look at that and say, okay, this person qualifies for that academic scholarship or this high amount of academic scholarship. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I always, again, always try to take a look at like the best case scenario based upon the information that I have and knowing what scholarship opportunities are available for the institution. Okay. So. Now, one of the frequent uh, pieces that we've come up with in researching this resolution has a lot to do with questions of race. And the argument is made that the SAT and ACT establish barriers to minorities for proving that they are capable of uh, college-level work. Mm-hmm. Do you, Any thoughts on that for, for our audience? Oh, wow. Um, wasn't prepared for that one. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. It's a bit of a curveball question. I no, know. it's all good. But it, it really good. is the one that keeps coming up. I think mm-hmm. the heart of this is I, I'm expecting students on affirmative to essentially be arguing we ought not do this because it will help colleges achieve racial equity. And then students on NEG are going to be arguing basically, no, we need to keep this in place because this establishes kind of a universal benchmark mm-hmm. for showing that anyone, no matter their background, is prepared for college. Yeah. So I think a lot of this is going to come down to people arguing percentages of ethnic representation on campuses. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious if you had any thoughts about that. If not, we can move on to our, our last yeah. question. But. Um, I mean, the way I like to think about it is... Um, that very, that very well can be the case, and I, I personally think that, um, that there very well can be some systems that are in place that can prove that, um, and in which I would not be a, 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 a proponent of that. Um, but at the same time, I think one aspect of these standardized tests um, that I think a lot of people you know, might forget is that there's varying... Mm. Uh, different or there's different types of intelligence that's out there in this world, um, and and I think like a lot of these standardized tests very well might limit what some of those different other areas of intelligence there are out there, um, and to say oh they can if we we just need people who are intelligent in math and in English or in writing or something like that, like I mean those are just those are very limiting area uh, areas. There's also some people who are out there who just can't take tests well. Like there's this stress that is just overwhelming them, that a crippling anxiety, so sure. to speak, when people take tests. That when they Ooh. when they take tests, they're like, oh, like it's there's a limited amount of time. I have all this pressure. I don't know if I can make this happen. For me personally, like I I was one of those people. Like I didn't necessarily have the best SAT or ACT score. I took both. And, um, and English was always, and we were just talking about this, like English was always a difficulty for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you can even take a look at my, on my statewide tests. Like it was never a thing, but my mathematics was on point. Like I love math. Um, so I was the opposite. So, I was always, the English was always my, the good side. I was terrible. 
I was one of the uh, few people at Hillsdale who uh, I had to take their version of remedial mathematics mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't yeah. have the SAT math score. Everyone right. else tested out of Math 105. I was there with three other people. We have one of the best professors. He's now the chair of the math department, a guy named Dr. Mm-hmm. Trelore. He turned that class into a uh, uh, set of syllogisms from Lewis Carroll, the guy who wrote Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. and Euclid's Geometry. Because he looked at us like, none of you are math majors. Yeah. We're going to do some fun math that's going to benefit you, but we're not going to try – I'm not going to try and just mess with your heads this semester, which right. I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. Sorry, yeah, no, 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 no. You're good. Like, I was just saying that um, there are – there are some things that standardized tests try to measure, but for some people who very might have different disabilities or they might have different anxieties, uh, different things that cause vast amounts of stress mm. that can really limit um, what very might be accurate. And, um, and, you know, there's some parts of that where, you know, it might be, you know, a responsibility of that person to try to you know, uh, do better in, like, you know, I, I just, I need to do better in English. Like, uh, but it was just always difficult for me. You know, I had to, I had to go through, um, two remedial, two remedial English classes just to get caught up to where I need to be, you know, for, for English proficiency. Sure. And then I had to take additional classes, you know, just to meet my graduation requirements. And so, so there are times like where, where it can be, you know, difficult from time to time, but, um, so I think standardized tests can limit people in that way, and it doesn't necessarily measure, um, you know, intelligence in all areas that other people in Vero might be stronger in. So I think there there might be to be some of those limitations, um, and you know there also there might be other companies that might be out there that might have different standards of tests, quote unquote. Uh, that are trying to combat that. Mm-hmm. Um, and some schools, some institutions are trying to offer that. Um, I think that's, so that's there's, really helpful. There's just some there's some some pros and cons to to how different institutions might see that or view that. So no, I think that's really helpful because I think there's there's I I'd not thought about really the the psychological harm that the testing might might produce, and that that really could be a really interesting argument for the. Uh, affirmative side to really take that as an initial premise and then look at, well, what is the psychological harm by set, setting these tests as sort of the gatekeepers of collegiate access yeah. and just how much mm-hmm. how much identity are students placing in their test scores and mm-hmm. uh, how much additional stress that produces negative effects on other aspects of life. Mm-hmm. There, there's a really, I think there's a really interesting mental health impact for the affirmative on this case to say, look, if we actually get rid of this, how much we're going to be able to elevate the other parts of a student's application and help students present themselves in a better light and also help high school students really have a higher quality of life. Mm-hmm. I think there's an easy access to that argument. Uh, well, Thomas, my last, last question, and we'll wrap this thing up. I really appreciate your time today. I know sure. you're, you've got to get back on the road to, uh, to Virginia today. But um, I did want to ask you, from what you said earlier, it sounded almost as if um, some students might want to take a, a bunch of AP classes to just rack up a ton of college credits. Is that a route you would advise or, or no? Um, personal, okay, I'll preface this. I wish that there were, uh, like the information that I know now, you know, after going through school and also, you know, working in admissions, there's 
all these pieces of information that I wish I knew back then, back when I was in high school, and actually listened to maybe some of these people, um, <laughs> there are probably things that I wish I knew back then that I know now that would have allowed me to make better life decisions for where I am now. And, um, and so, like when, it, like, when it comes to AP courses, like, to your question... Um, <laughs> now I will, I will preface by saying this, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny looking back now, but I low key decided to go into some AP classes simply because I felt like I was in competition with my older sister, Mary. Uh, <laughs> 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 but Mary, see, Mary, Mary was a, was a, was an English whiz. Like that was her niche. So, but I was like, you know what? I'm right behind her. Let me also take an AP English class and see if I can actually, you know, score higher than she did. And that was like the worst mistake of my life. <laughs> um, I was so stressed out and I didn't, I didn't even take the AP test for, um, for that class. But you took the class the whole year. I had to. Once, ah, once you yeah. signed up for it and once you're in it and once you start taking a few courses like, you mean, or a few classes already, then that's it. That's okay. all it is. Yep, that makes and sense. So, so I was trapped in that class. Um, <laughs> I really wish I didn't do it. Um, I personally, um, and you know what, schools, institutions can hate me for saying this, you know, but to be honest, I don't really care because I don't go to your school anymore and I'm not even in academics anymore. Um, <laughs> I think a, taking AP courses in the way that they market it as college preparation courses, um, I think um, can be a little baloney, um, to be quite honest. Now, again, take a look at your institution, see what they do, see what they advise, talk with your admissions counselor and, and, and for that school, and you know, try and really get a take on that. But... Um, if there's opportunities where you can take actual college-level classes, whether it be through dual enrollment when you are a sophomore, junior, or senior in high school, those from an accredited institution, those are better opportunities to take advantage of to take advantage of that rather than taking AP courses and stressing yourself out over over college-level work that is not really representative of college classes. Um, one thing that really stressed me out about taking AP courses was the fact that, you know, I took these AP classes two to three times a week. I was on a block scheduling two to three okay. times a week um, for for however long within that class, like anywhere from like an hour and a half to two hours within that class. I can't remember the time length, but, but it was stressful because not only did I have these really thick, you know, um, books of literature that I had to read and then having to write a paper on it and have a test on it, like, all the time. That wasn't necessarily, like, the, the, my college experience from when I took the English classes in college. Like, um, and it wasn't as stressful because it wasn't something I was thinking about five times, you know, every single day and during the week, uh, during the, the academic week. Um, so there really was no point... And taking these AP courses, stress myself out, getting low grades in it, uh, because it affected my GPA, which then affected my scholarships later on down the road. Um, and so, even though AP courses can prepare you for college, quote unquote, I wouldn't put myself through the stress when I when I could easily actually take those classes at a local community college or something like that, and actually receive the actual credits for that that can transfer right into the school. And then that way I didn't have to pay as much money in the long term or in the long run simply because I you know, tried to work ahead. Um, 
so so that 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 is one thing. Um, so I would so my recommendation is you know as far as taking AP courses, um, if it's something that the institution requires, you know, in order for you to get admitted to that institution, go for it. But if if it's not a requirement. Don't stress out. Don't don't do that to yourself. Take the easy level courses or the, the easier level courses. Graduate from high school with a great GPA, um, and you know take advantage of opportunities to where it will benefit you by actually having those credits versus you know taking a class and then taking a test and stretch yourself out over that standardized test as well. Sure, and, sure. Also um, run by the College Board. So exactly, they're, exactly. They've got a slight, um, slight monopoly on those. Yeah, I, I, I always discouraged, um, or <laughs> I tried to discourage, you know, AP testing or, you know, dif- di- like the different academies or something like that, you know, um, or academy testing or uh-huh. something like that if it came down to it. I know it's 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 been something that's on my been on my mind this past week because I I teach a lot of junior level courses and mm-hmm. uh, we're at a year round school but this week particularly as uh so it's the last week of August and that's when the nationwide traditional calendar school starts the AP courses that are registered for students registered for online those started I saw yeah. this pretty stark difference there's we've got some students that are taking taught AP courses meaning there's a teacher on our campus who has gone through AP training and has structured the actual class to teach AP calculus at our school. Mm-hmm. And that teacher is teaching it in a, in a daily format for 47 minutes in our, our cause we, we don't do block scheduling. We do bell bells, mm-hmm. but five days a week, 47 minutes per class with assigned homework. And it's all kind of in the standard for them. It's really a, an advanced level standard class. Mm-hmm. But then I've got lots of other students who suddenly They've gotten used to, for six, seven weeks, they've gotten used to our normal, their normal homework load, and suddenly they've either signed up for one or two online AP courses. Yeah. That's all self-paced. It's all, all the assignments are preloaded, and there's some poor, overworked public school teacher who has volunteered to cover an online AP section for some stipend who's available for two hours a day to respond to email, and... Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's it's they're now able to teach themselves AP, whatever the course is. There's a variety of them, and I, I it's just been killing me to watch these kids do this. Because on the one hand, I see them all they they want to do something good. They want yeah. to take this class. None of them are too, choosing a bad thing. Right, and there's exactly. plenty of bad things they could fill their time with. This isn't one of those. But instead, they've chosen this thing that has been sold to them as this will give you college credit. This will make you look good on your this transcript. This will get you ahead, and this will this will prove your intellect for this exactly. particular and institution. I, I, I am no longer convinced that those promises are that those are true statements because instead, it, it seems like I would rather see students who actually are putting that much effort into their standard courses and are really maximizing the potential to learn in those standard courses. Mm-hmm. And it, it, from what you're telling me, it doesn't sound like it really stands out to an admissions counselor to see a bunch of APs on a, on a transcript if, if, that doesn't, if, it, if that somehow lowers the rest of the GPA. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, those APs are not the way to get out of an SAT or HCT score. Mm-hmm. But instead, dual enrollment might be a better route to get there that still has, it still has a strong teacher-student connection. Mm-hmm. Right. And... And I always try. Now, this might be me, just because I might be more, you know, 
old school or whatever. Like, I prefer, I really do prefer, like, that face-to-face interaction. I like being, like, one, I like being within the classroom, but also like that personal connection that you can make with a professor that can, like, that can see it on your face and how you respond as to whether or not you are doing well or whether you're struggling versus, like, an online format where... Wait, almost every single online class I've ever taken, it was just like, uh-uh, you ain't gonna make it through. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I passed, but I was just like, oh gosh, that, that was a lot. Uh, um, online but, courses are rough, because so much is on you as the student. It's like your initiative. There's so much discipline like when it comes to it. Now, so, like some of these um, like younger students, you know, who like grew up with grew up with technology in their hand, they can handle that, and I right. and I might like, go for it, you know, do it. Um, but I personally like like that personal connection that I can have with someone, you know, when it comes to that. But yeah. um, but no, no, you're you're absolutely right. I think um, that. You know, again, like I wouldn't stress over that. If if you it, now, if you like an academic challenge, you know, some schools, you know, they can probably say, "Oh, you took all these AP courses and you got these scores, like you know, these high scores, three scores, fives on your AP tests." You know, we'll give you these credits. You know, for that class, great. You know, that's awesome. Take on that academic challenge, um, but don't feel pressured. That, that's the big thing. Don't mm. feel pressured to take a particular class just to prove something to someone else or to prove something to yourself. You know, um, you know don't make things more complicated or more complex, you know, when, like when, when it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it school, really doesn't have to be like high that. High school is complicated enough as it is. At least if you're at right. a... High schools are going through enough in their own Oh, yeah. Lives, I mean, I know home, your high school, my high school, the one I teach at, yeah. I think they all had... They all had they all had rigorous school rigorous class options, and there yeah. are less rigorous options for students that are less mm-hmm. interested in the academic rigor. Mm-hmm. But there's already there's there's good options to avail for students to to avail themselves of. Yeah. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, are, are, are are there ways that people can kind of follow you online? Are you on Twitter? <laughs> are you on Instagram? Do you want to give a shout out to anybody else well, here? I'm not sure how how fascinated you would be by or anything like that and like follow me on on any of my social media platforms but if you feel like you want to um <laughs> and i have been literally i'm just like a regular person like it's really <laughs> like i don't i don't have like a platform or anything like that but if you want to follow you, you, or, I, I, or if you, you want you give good financial advice on your on your facebook page and from time to time yeah I'm, I'm a financial coach um i have my own uh coaching business called common sense solutions um, that I'm, um, in a way I'm actually relaunching, um, all that right now. So that's kind of oh. where, I'm, that's kind of where I'm trying to like navigate my social do, do, media do stuff. Do you have a website moment, that we should, we should play? Not yet. Not okay. yet. Again, all right. All we're right. in the building stages. But, um, uh, but if you want to just kind of, uh, if you want to follow me on social media, sure. Why not? I love people. Um, it's in a way it's a ministry for me. Um, on Instagram, I am, uh, at underscore, Tomatillo underscore so underscore T O M A T I L L O underscore, it's a nickname, um, <laughs> and I mean it's just random stuff on there, um, and then on Facebook, um, uh, you can uh, find me on there Thomas Starcha that's fine, and if you have questions like I wouldn't mind you know you know answering people's questions through endless platforms by all means go for it. Um, 
And, um, but when I do launch anything else, like, you know, all the business stuff officially, then I'll be sure to connect that with Josh and you can include it in the notes or something like oh, that. Oh yes, but, yes, yes. It's definitely uh, in the show description. I can always go back and add that in, uh, once, once your website yeah. launches. Sure. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for this uh, episode of What's the Res? Uh, we hope that this episode benefits you as you are preparing for the September-October Lincoln-Douglas resolution. Uh, hopefully, our discussion today will give you some other insight into potential uh, impacts of uh, changing the, the way the college game is, is played. Anytime we change the status quo, it could lead to benefits or it could lead to harms. And hopefully, our discussion today points you into uh, one of those directions for your cases. We'd love to know how this uh, episode helped you or, or did not. If it didn't, we'd love feedback either way. You can reach out to us over uh, email at whatstheres at gmail.com. You can find us on our social media pages. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit at whatstheres underscore. And then on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatstheres. Uh, if you uh, are, are like me and you just can't manage to get enough debate in your life, and uh, then okay. you can also check out our premium content. Uh, we have, do a series of debates where we record real debates by real people. Uh, our September debate is on the resolution resolved. Political hierarchy is an inherent part of society. Uh, you can uh, that, That'll be our ninth episode in that series. You can find those at whatstheres.podbean.com slash premium. Or uh, you can go to our website, whatstheres.com, and you can access our premium content there. Those are available at $3 a month or $30 for the year. Uh, so we hope that uh, you enjoy what we do. And until next time, work hard, speak well, and seek the truth. <laughs>